This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 246. And the quote of the day is, just be yourself. Life is too short to be someone else. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And I don't know how many of you uh, saw on social media, I'm sure that a lot of you did, that I was hanging out with Chad Smith and Red Hot Chili Peppers on Monday, this past Monday, and made a whole video out of it, uh, did an interview while we were there, filmed part of the show, filmed part of being backstage, hanging with Chad and all that stuff. So that video is going to be coming out soon. So definitely keep an eye out for that. It was a great time. And I urge anyone, if if the Chili Peppers are coming to your town, go check them out. They brought it. It was, I mean, it was a great, great show. I was really impressed. I've seen them live before, uh, but you know, they're, they're getting up there in age, you know, they're in their fifties and they, man, killed it. Like, blown away was was very very blown away uh at at the show and want to thank chad and the red hot chili peppers the whole crew the staff everyone who took care of us there they made us feel at home they made us feel very welcome they made us feel like family so we do appreciate it speaking of things that i appreciate i want to thank the the new subscribers on patreon who are supporting the podcast on a monthly basis guys like lawrence clack and brendan buckley and campbell youngblood peterson and christopher palmeron and Corey butler jason baker kevin stevens brian wetchen wetchenheiser that's a hard name to say brother but i appreciate the support uh charles Sy, chris coolos from oar all of you who are paying on a monthly basis to help support the podcast i do appreciate it and if you get value out of this podcast i ask that you support the podcast go over to drummersresource.com forward slash support and you can learn all about how you can help support the podcast anywhere from a dollar to two dollars to five dollars a month ten dollars a month there's gifts and and prizes that come along with your support all the way up to if you're paying a hundred bucks a month i'll fly out to your city and hang out with you or fly you here and you can hang out with me so go over to drummersresource.com forward slash support if you do get value out of this podcast and if you're already supporting the podcast thank you very much i appreciate it and you're fostering drumming initiatives all over the world so i do appreciate it so let's get into this conversation with Jeremy Bean Clemens. And Jeremy is a guy who he flies under the radar. So he may not be as well known uh, as some of you know the the high profile guys that that you may hear on the podcast. But let me tell you, Jeremy is not only the real deal, but uh, is just a a surprising guy to talk to because he's such a good drummer and then you start to talk to him and realize that oh he was a timpanist he he thinks orchestrally he you know hears things differently sees things differently and he says multiple times in the in the conversation that he's not a drummer's drummer he's a musician first and i thought that that was really compelling uh to hear him talk about those things so he has some really great insight about playing musically about hearing things differently about colors about textures about things like that and just an all-around great dude to talk to so definitely honored to have him on the show and without further ado let's get into it with the one and only jeremy bean clemens jeremy how are you man thank you for doing this i appreciate it Oh man, I'm excited. Thank you for you know allowing me to grace. Uh, I'm excited to have you. One thing, I'm I'm just gonna put it out there right now. If I call you Jeffrey, 
there's a reason behind it because Jeff or Jeff, if I call you Jeff, because I had Jeff Clemens on here, and I oh I like I'm like writing you an email and I'm like Jeff Clemens and I'm like it just because it stuck in my head because I had him on the podcast first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's nothing personal if I if I call you Jeff. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, well, you can just, most folks call me Bean anyway. Well, we're gonna keep it a Bean then. Yeah. So before we get super deep into it, I want to build a little bit of context for the audience. I want to let them know who's on the other end of the speaker for them. So I know that you're originally from St. Louis, um, and I, I I'd like to talk about. Just a little bit of your upbringing, what some of your influences were, and how you got into drumming, and put like a little bow around that, and then we'll get deep into some some music stuff. Uh, well, man, from St. Louis, you know, I grew up in a a family that was involved in drum and bugle corps, and you know, my uh, my grandmother, you know, they were in drum and bugle corps when they when she was young. So you know, growing up, she had involvement in different drum and bugle corps. She had, you know, she was involved with a few different corps around St. Louis. But then at one point, maybe 1984, she started her own corps called Meacham Park Cadets. And then that evolved into the Meacham Park Royal Airs and that evolved into just the Royal Airs. So growing up in that, I started as mascot when I was like five years old. And I, no, no, I'm lying. Yes, five. And I started playing cymbals when I was six. Huh. And I started playing rudimental bass drum when I was seven. Wow. And I and so I marched with the Royal Airs, the the drum corps that my grandmother had from the time I was seven until maybe I was fourteen, maybe fifteen. Hmm. And then I think I maybe I took the summer of ninety five off. And then in nineteen ninety six and ninety seven I was the I was with the Phantom Regiment Drum and Bugle Corps. So you were, at, at the same time, were you playing kit? Were you playing? No, you know, I didn't start you, playing kit till I was around about 16. Really? Yeah, I grew up playing marching percussion, and I was, I'm really, I was a timpani player. When I started, when I got serious, you know, and, uh, you know, around about when I was a freshman in high school, I started playing timpani really serious. You know, maybe a little bit before then, but I'm I'm a, I still consider myself a timpani player, although I don't play anymore. But the the thought of how the drums should sound, how you hit the drums, and the way the drums should speak, you know, that that definitely has a big you know being a timpani player, a timpanist, however you want to say, has a huge influence on the way I hear the drums. Which is interesting because you and I don't. You know, I don't want this to sound negative, but you don't sound like a typical. You don't sound like a marching player who started playing drums. If that oh, makes yeah. sense, I mean, technically, I think that you you do in terms of your chops, but I think that you have you have feel and you have musicality and and you make the drums sing. It's not just you know, it's not very up and down. This strict rudimental thing that you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to. I mean, well, I guess that was that was a hard switch because you could do all of these things with your hands and you could do all of this stuff with your hands and crazy stuff. But applying that to the drum set was a different thing. Let's talk about that journey a lot because and not maybe not it won't resonate with anyone who doesn't play um, who doesn't play or it do, isn't doing marching. But I think it's the same deal when you're on a practice pad learning something and then you got to take it to the kit. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think the same way. I, I mean, in a matter, I I, I feel like uh, everything that I knew on the drums and everything, I mean, on everything I could do with my hands, I felt like I should somewhat in a manner throw that out the window. Hmm. In in a matter of uh uh what 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 am I trying to say? When it comes to dealing with music. Okay. When it comes to dealing with playing music, r- music has nothing to do with rudiments. Rudiments are for dexterity and to be able to let the music speak through you. So when you when you when you're trying to switch to playing drums, drums really the drum set is about playing music and about playing style. Not not as much rudimentally, mm-hmm. you know, because you can you can you can keep a hell of a groove and not play a paradiddle at all. Right. You know, right, not right. know not know what a paradiddle is, not know anything, you know. So it was a different. It's like, a, well, OK, I got to learn. I got to understand how these drums work to get work in in like a musical setting, because you learn a lot growing up in drum corps. It's like being in a real big orchestra. Mm hmm. You know, so you learn a lot about shaping music and 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 dynamics and this. So you you got to take you you got to take all of that from you have to take all of those things and put them in the music or in how you play the drum. So you you take all of those those dynamic things and you put them in your plan. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand how to be very big and very soft and all in between without losing the intensity. Right. Right. You know. But transferring that to the drums was, you know, it was a journey. I still feel like it's a, you know. Were there were there specific things that you did? Did you say, okay, I know how to play all this stuff, but I need to, you know, let me start orchestrating it differently on the drums? Or were you just like, you know what? I'm going to look at all the technical stuff that I have as sort of like my weight room. And now I need to go play the sport. And I'm going to go in and like, you know, play the music and just allow my facility to 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 get me to the end or get me to the thing that I'm trying to express that I'm hearing in my head. Um, I mean, maybe I think it was what I think what I did was it was subconscious. I don't think that I had a plan set out. You know, I used to I mean, you know, when I started playing, they kind of made me start practicing with only a riot symbol. And learn how to play the ride symbol, and then from that, you know, you do you you get what Hammond Blewett calls a snack pack, which is basically a snare drum, <laughs> kick drum, a ride symbol, and a hi hat. And I've never I heard that play, term. <laughs> yeah, I still play gigs like that to this day. Sometimes, if I might have to do a little thing around, like I do a, a teaching workshop with Jazz and Lincoln Center, you know, I just take the snack pack out. Right. <clears throat> you know, I don't take you know you don't you know. Conceptually, to play music, period, you don't need a ton of things. It's you know you can get the job done with one, and that's what you learn from being in like a situation like drum corps. You know, sure, sure. you know it doesn't have to be a whole kit to make to make some music happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you 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 know you understand how to apply those things to the drums. You know, but my concept kind of built from that plan. Simple, simple like that, and then you add, you start to add on this and add on that. That's why my drums are set up in a weird manner, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just uh, I guess taking everything you learn, you know. To me, my drums are an extension of like a set of timpani and a set of uh, 
tenor drums, like like quads or quints or sextuplets, you know, mm-hmm. that that type of thing, the way they're set up. That's, you know, and, you know, combining African concepts, like, you know, the doombeck is the mother drum, and that's how I think of the snare drum. The snare drum, your mother drum is always the lead drum that sits right in between your legs. Right. There should be no tone on your drum set, in my belief, that's higher than yours, if that's your main snare. But that but that changes when you're in the studio and you're doing this and you're looking for a certain sound. But when you got a certain setup and you're doing, it's like that that mother drum is the drum. Right. That's the tone. And then mm-hmm. all the other Every, tones. Everything else works around that. Every other tone you build around that. But still, some somewhere around A or B flat, because I'm an orchestra dude. So I like to snare somewhere around A or B flat. B flat on the high side. Hmm. So you, you know. do you tune all your drums to a, a particular no, pitch? No, just and I don't. I don't tune the snare drum to a particular pitch. I just know where the area of A and B flat. Is. <laughs> I got here. I got here. You know, I know what A is, and you, you know, mm-hmm. half step above is B flat. Sure. You know. Do you feel like you have to? You're almost forced to be more creative with a smaller kit. Uh, I feel like you get you have less distractions. Hmm. I, I, that I do feel like you got to, you know, you just deal with, you deal with that thing instead of, okay, let me hit this or play this or do that, you know. Right. I actually, when I was younger, I overplayed a lot. So I started gigging with kick, snare, hi-hat, you know, kick, snare, hi-hat and a ride maybe just for some color. But that was it because I was like, if it's not there, I can't hit it. Yeah, that that this is true. You know. You know, if it, it forces you to, I mean, not forces you, but it, it you have to deal with the colors that you have, mm-hmm. and then that way it allows you to make colors that you wouldn't you, you you may sometimes wouldn't have put together because you have these other colors that you always used to use them. But when you only have a certain amount of colors, then you have to create things that you may normally you know mm-hmm. rather than going to your uh, your go to like your your, your crutches right. your go to bag right right that's you know that's one thing that that I when I was younger, well, I mean, I still struggle with it, but getting out of that, that comfort zone of, of playing everything in your bag, you know what I mean? Going, going to your sort of, sort of your pre-programmed, uh, fills or your pre-programmed things that you do. Uh, do you ever run into situations like that where you're, where you're not playing, uh, reactively, you're just sort of playing the things that, that you always play or that you sort of get in a rut of playing? Well, I I guess we all have been through that. uh, uh, I mean, I guess subconsciously we go through it. We still go through it because we all, we all have goals. We all, we always going to have a Mm go-to, but uh, I mean, I try, I try, I mean, I try hard as I can to deal with the music that's being placed in front of me. Right. Not, not so much to, lean on what what I what I feel like it should be or you know in you know all right I'm gonna just deal with what's here mm-hmm. you know if you you know you deal with what's here it allows you to deal with yourself in a different level too right you know mm-hmm. you're just dealing with what's in front of you rather than having the agenda of you know your things that you need to do you show up to the tour and the bass player missed the flight what you gonna do right well, I mean, what you gonna do? Yep. All you can do is hit. Yeah. You know, all you can't. I mean, that, 
Or are you late? You know, you know, you know, you be you, you, you. We've all been in situations where, you know, you might be late getting to the gig, not by your own. You know, I've been where they, you get to a country and they didn't cancel the flight, so you got to figure out how to get where you're going. Right. You know, so you might miss part of the gig. You just got to show up and hit. Yep. You, you got to yep. deal with the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. No matter what you thought you was going to wear, you know. <laughs> You know, all of that goes out the window. And that's part of, you know, being a professional of deal and learning to deal with that stuff versus getting there, that happens, and then everything just, you know, falling apart and not being able to deal with it and freaking out about it or not being able to play well or complaining about it or Yeah, I mean you can complain, just get the job done. <laughs> just complain by yourself in your hotel room. <laughs> you know, don't nobody wanna hear that. <laughs> You know, the uh, the attitude thing is something that I, I talk about a lot on the podcast about, you know, like you said, nobody wants to hear that because everybody has their own share of problems and the audience doesn't want to hear about it. The audience doesn't care that your your kick pedal broke. Your audience doesn't care if you broke a drum head. You know, it's like they paid and they want the show to go on. So you got to figure it out real fast. You got to keep on hitting. Yeah. The truck got to keep on rolling. Exactly. That's exactly. So what was the what was the initial thing that that got you into jazz? What did you naturally gravitate that way, or was it just sort of what you were exposed to? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, I feel like you know, I don't know that I, I don't, I don't know, I don't. Yes, I get weird when we get when you put the, when we get to talking about genres of music, <laughs> right? Just because I don't, you know, I guess I don't consider myself to be a, uh, uh, I don't know. I just play, I play music and I I have chosen the drums, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, because growing up, that's not what, you know, <laughs> you know, growing up, you hear, you know, I heard Motown, gospel, you know, started going to church on my own well, with my granddaddy probably when I was, oh, Lord, 12, 11 Mm-hmm. You know, so you into that, you know, started messing around on the organ in church here and there. But I still wasn't, you know, I I wasn't really dabbing on the drums yet. I was, I was more, in, I mean, because I was in the marching percussion, I was more into the organ. I love the organ, you know. Me too. I'm an organ guy. I'm still, you know, I, I still like to, you know, you know, I play it a little bit, but. Do you play pedals too or just? Uh, that's, I mean, a little bit, right. <laughs> not really. That's it's hard, I, man. That's a, that's, hard. That's, that's a different monster, but you know, no, I didn't grow up, you know, like hardcore, you know, my family, not hardcore jazz fans. You didn't, you know, hardcore cold train fans or Bud Powell fans and my, not that I know of, right. you know, not, not the immediate folks, you know, but you know, going to school, my brother. My brother was, uh, well, not my biological brother, but his name is Ryan Robinson, trombone player. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was in the jazz band. They had a, I went to an art school, so we had an honors music program. I went to, where did I, Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. And they had a, a honors music program. So he went to a different school, but he was in the honors music program. So we were all in the jazz band together. I mean, he was in the jazz band, and he encouraged me to get in the jazz band. And that's kind of how I started checking out the music, really, on right. on a, on that level. Right, right, right. You know, 
And then, you know, when, you know, when my granny found out, you know, all right, you into this, well, let me, let me hip you to Shirley Horn and a couple of people that she liked, but she's a, she's a music fan, not necessarily uh, a jazz aficionado. She likes music that she likes, you know? Right. You know, but it, you know, so, you know, I'm the, I like music that I like, you know, I like music, you know? Sure. Do you think there's a lot of, and you know, I kind of, I, you know, kind of deal with music and, you know, you treat it, I treat music as, you know, meeting each person. When you deal with different styles or genres or however you want to, you know, you have to meet, eat, treat that like a new person. Sure. You, know, you have to deal with, you have to deal with them, deal with it on face value. You know, you have to treat it as it is or deal with it as it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand if you playing some fat back, you know, some fat back, you know, blues, you have to understand what that is. And all of those licks you've learned and all of that stuff, that, that don't really got no place. Sure. The damn sure don't have <laughs> that time, don't have no place anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but when you, you know, you got to, you know, it's just like che- really checking out music, you know, mm-hmm. and understanding, you know, what, what music is. I mean, you can listen to Jay-Z and, you know, uh, Marion Brown, the saxophone player, the same way if you understand what it is they're offering. Sure. <clears throat> you sure. know, you, you, you can't expect something to be something else. If, you know, that's, you know, you deal with it as it is and appreciate it for what it is. And, you know, not, oh, you got to do this. So, we, you know, we have a tendency to want to, especially as drummers, drummers can get in the thing or they go, I'm playing my shit. It's like, okay, all right. That's cool, but man, I came to hear some music, or, or the people came to hear, you know, they came to be uplifted, right? You know, whether you know, no, no matter what kind of music it is, or whatever you want to say, when people come to hear music or to see a show or to go see art, or, they're looking for some kind of thing to uplift them in some sort of manner. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. You know, yeah. you, look, you, you, it's like so, you know. You know, get, get 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 yourself out of the way. You know, mm-hmm. get yourself out of the way and just let the music do what it do. Ultimately, you letting the creator do what he does, or it does, or she does, or whatever you want to believe, or you know, right? right. But you do, know, do you think a lot of people are are sort of coming into come into musical situations with this? with this predetermined like contrived thing that they're going to try to stuff all of their, their licks, or they're going to try to stuff all the, they're, they're going to try to stuff their agenda into the music and sort of get in the way of it all. I mean, I, I can't say that I can speak with what people are intentionally coming to the table with. I just can speak from a standpoint and say, that's not how I see things. Right. And if I see someone that I feel may be doing that, I still, I only approach it from a, standpoint of man that's you know that that's cool but that i, I that's not something i would do or i agree with right now let's, you know, I, i'm not here to say i can't say what their intention is because their intention can could be truly pure <clears throat> you know i mm-hmm. can't say well they're here to do this and here to do that you know i can just say you know that's not something that i'm after all right you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, sometimes I joke I, and I'd say, you know, I'm not really the drummer's drummer and all the cats around New York, but you this and you did this and you kind of changed the scene. And I'm like, yeah, man, but, you know, that came from me just 
being and 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 giving it to the music. Not that I was trying to trying to create something or change something. You know, mm-hmm. it just came from you know. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I don't know that I sometimes the the drummers drummer sometimes. You know. Well, you know, if, if you understand what I mean when I, I say, I I do, I do understand what you mean, and it, I'm I'm thinking of, you know, what if you saw someone, you know, let we'll use me as an example. I'm in I'm in the club and I'm playing and you're there, and it's sort of not happening, or you think I'm overplaying or I'm not serving the music. Two questions: one, do you would you say anything to me, and two. How and what would you say if you would to make it constructive to where you're not tearing me down, where it's like, hey, man, I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to sort of pass the torch, so to speak, or or pass this knowledge to you because because I'm doing because I want the music to keep, you know, surviving. Um, shit, I don't know, man. I don't depending on the night. Sometimes, you you know, you kind of get a feel for it. (laughs) I guess you try to see. If somebody, you know, is, you know, you just talk to people and see where they're at, I guess, and see if they're open to criticism. Cause that ain't, you know, that ain't, you know, the way I feel like I was, <laughs> I wouldn't, to me, I, we, I, what we just, we call that collegiate thinking. Right. That's collegiate. It's like I didn't risk necessarily, yeah, I went to college, but to me, I didn't learn how to play the drums like that. I didn't really have no drum teacher, really. No drum set teacher to say do this or maybe try this until I was maybe a junior in college, sophomore. Right. right. So it's like, you know, I learned from horn players, you know, do this, do that. Or you go by drummer's gigs and they let you sit in. They're like, no, big boy, don't do that. So you got to do this. It ain't no play. It wasn't no platform or well, let me see if he'll accept. No, it's like, no, when you when he do that, you shouldn't do that. So do this. Stay on the big symbol when you do this. That that'll keep the sound. It's like it wasn't it. They just told you what they thought would help you. Right. You know, right. and you accepted it. But now it, it fit, you know, shit is so damn. And not that I'm old. Right. But it's uh, things are so darn collegiate. And I feel like you got to be so politically correct. You don't learn nothing that way. Right. If you don't get your ego checked a lot when you coming through the ranks, then you ain't something ain't right. 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 You I, should get your ego checked all the time. You should be mad all the time because if you want to get better, you should be mad because you see people that are great. Right. So it, it gives you a, a thing to want to get better. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, not not to okay, you know, I know it all and oh, I don't need nobody to say nothing. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it's that, so, some of the best drum teachers to me are non-drummers because drummers are going to tell you stuff from the drummer aspect. Non-drummers are going to tell you stuff to keep your tail working. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to tell you what 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 they might want to hear. What It's like they can't t- explain it to you in drum language all the time, but they're going to tell you things to keep you working. Yep. You know, I went to a, for, through a whole period where I, j- I only would, I would just get records and check out the bass players. Mm-hmm. To see how to see what they're doing, yeah, you know, yeah, what is it they're doing? What what's some natural bass player tendencies, you know? And then you start learning learning the creative things that people do. It's like, all right, these are bass player tendencies because of the instrument. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know. And I, and I agree with you 100% about sort of going through that school of hard knocks and learning, you know, playing with cats that are older with you. I mean, we were talking about Oregon. Like, I came up through, like, the DeFrancesco ranks of Joey DeFrancesco and Johnny like, DeFrancesco and, like, play, you know, played tons and tons of gigs with Johnny and put out a record with him and everything. And But they're all older than me, you know? Like, all these guys are 10, 15, 20 years older than me. And I got my ass handed to me on stage a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I learned more then from guitar players and organ players and, and bass players than, like you said, like I ever did from, you know, a drum teacher saying, this is what you do. I learned more going to the studio with these guys and just sitting around talking and, you know, shedding a little bit and playing and sometimes leaving with my tail between my legs. Yeah. And, you know, want, almost wanting to ball crying and like, oh, my God, I don't need, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know? Yeah, that's man. I remember the one time when I first started playing, man, they made me sit in with Lester Bowie. You know, who Lester Bowie is. Yes. Yes. Man, I, I, I still to this day don't understand what was going on. <laughs> All I knew, they was like, go on, just just swing, baby. I was like, man, they are like handing my ass to me on a gold platter. <laughs> Damn the silver gold and I and I, I'm all I was doing no I better I'll let me hang on to the bass. You know, it was a bass who was playing bass? Uh it was Daryl Mixon's daddy. What's his name? I don't know, I'm not familiar. Uh Danny Mixon. Oh man, bass this is this is in St. Louis. Man, I was just getting my man, I just was like, man, why did they make me sit in? It's <laughs> and like, how, and how old were you? It's like I was sixteen. I hadn't been Yikes. playing a whole year yet. Yikes. Man, I was like, whoa-wee. So what did they say afterwards? I don't even remember. I, I was so... I don't, you were like, I, I just want to get out of the club. Man, I don't remember anything. No, this was on a big stage. I was like one of the students they made sit in. Oh, really? Oh, man, I was terrified. <laughs> All I remember, I just remember playing. I don't remember the song. I don't remember anything after. I don't remember what happened before. You just remember yeah, being was, lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh I was playing a double double drumming gig with one of my drumming mentors, Glenn Farricone, and he took the splash symbol off and threw it at me. Cause Ooh. I was because I was overplaying. <laughs> Amen. Guitar players yelling at, you know, like I've like that whole but that's such a that's such a growth thing. Versus mm-hmm. someone saying, no, man, why don't, you know, in, sitting in the in the drum studio and saying, hey, man, why don't you, you know, maybe try to do this other thing? You're getting yelled at on the bandstand and yep. getting things thrown at you or, you know, they're playing circles around you and you can't keep up. Then it's like, welcome to the big leagues. That's the way to, I mean, for me, that was where most of the growth happened. Yeah, I remember the time I sub with Moran and the Jason Moran in the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Wasn't no rehearsal. <laughs> Taurus, you know, me and Taurus Mateen are real cool. He, I showed up and he's like, look, we know you don't know the music. Just hit, baby. That's the way to do it. Have you ever heard the bandwagon? No. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna... You should check out. And then you'll know why. It's like, just, it's like, man, I didn't, wasn't no rehearsal, so... Knowing where the melody stopped, and man, that thing is playing with that. They, you know, they play wide open. You know, wide. Yeah. Open, yeah. You know, 
Yep. You know, and it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, but you just got to be ready, you know? Yeah. So how do you deal with a situation like that when you don't know the material, you don't know, you don't know the changes, you don't know the hits, you don't know anything, just you just got to get on your, and you got to turn your ears up. Yep. You just got to, I mean, you're supposed to do that anyway, but you got to be on extra alert. Yeah. There's, you know, you, I, there just doesn't seem, and I, I don't want to generalize and say that I'm talking about everybody, but there just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of listening going on anymore. Well, I mean, I, I don't care. I'm going to say I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would. I mean, there is, but there isn't on a lot on a huge level too. There is a lot of listening, mm-hmm. but there there isn't a lot of listening also. Right. You know, on a huge level. And I think guys give me flack because I'll sort of talk about that and think they think that I'm just generalizing. All young kids that are coming up are just playing chops for YouTube and aren't listening. I'm like, no, man, there's some really like Justin Faulkner I had on the podcast and he's 24 years old. Oh, yeah, know? that's my man. And he's calling me the OG. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, he's great. You know, he's an he's yeah. an amazing player and he plays his ass off. But there's there's also, you know, there's a lot of and there, I think a lot of the there's a lot of people who have tremendous facility and can play, you know, certainly circles around me, but circles around a lot of other people too. But that's cool if you want to do that, but I, it doesn't really equate to music. And if you're a drummer just to be a drummer, that's one thing. But if you're a drummer to be music, then I think that you got to rein in those chops or at least get control of them so you can play them musically in a music I agree. context, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I'm not that I'm not that old, so I can't be like all these young, you know, these young kids. Yeah, I mean, I agree, though. It's like you have to. I don't know. You have to. I mean, you learn that the older you get, it's like, man, cats just want to hear you play some music. Yeah. If you playing, you know, no matter what you're doing, if you playing some music, they appreciate it versus how much you playing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. The thing I always raise this question and it's sort of a it's a big question and it's hard to answer. But how I wonder how many people know, you know, like you don't know what you don't know. So what if you're playing all this stuff and you think it's really hip, but it's just not happening at all? Well, if ain't nobody dancing, then, you know, that's that's step number one. Make them dance. You know, I mean, every, you know, I guess even even when it's as out as you can get, there's some reference points in there. Right. You know, there are reference points in there that make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like when folks want to say I'm playing free, if you're playing free, you're playing by yourself. If you're playing on the stage, you're <laughs> never playing free because you're doing one of two things. Either you're reacting, you're you're going against the, or either you're going with the grain or you're going against the grain. Right. <laughs> so you're not necessarily playing free. If you're playing free, you're playing by yourself. I like that. I'm writing that down as not, we speak. I mean, if you're not doing that, if you're on the stage with somebody else, you are not playing free. Right. You can, you can maybe be playing wide open or something, but free, you're either going with me or against me. Mm-hmm. And I'm either doing the same thing. Right. right. You know, 
no matter how many, if it's more than one, then you you ain't how free are you? You got to be you got to be tied down on some level, you know, not and not in a bad way, but there's got it like you said, there's reference points. There's it's not just the band just doesn't all know when to come back and play the head again, you know, or if there is no head, right? We still we still dealing with something, something, right? You're dealing with something, <laughs> you know. That's. <laughs> You know, but, you know, that's another conversation. This session is brought to you by my family over there at DW Drums, and they've been supporting the podcast for a very long time, and I do appreciate their support. They make some of the most amazing drums that you can find, and not only that, they're made here in the U.S., and you can go to their factory in Oxnard, California, just north of LA, and you can meet the people who are making the drums, you can watch them make the drums, you can get a factory tour, all that stuff. And for more information about that, head over to dwdrums.com. Musicians Institute is now the official education partner of Drummer's Resource. So what that means is they will be sharing content with us. I will be sharing that with you from masterclasses and clinics and different things like that to take your drumming absolutely to the next level. The great thing about MI is that you can go there. They're in Hollywood, California. They've been there since the 70s and you can learn from world-class faculty guys like Kenny Aronoff and Gordon Campbell. They have a completely modern environment with recording studios and mini labs and hundreds of drum sets on campus. And then they also have world-renowned curriculum and you can learn more about them at mi.edu or you can visit their campus there in Hollywood, California to learn more. That's mi.edu and again you will be seeing a lot more content coming from drummers resource coming from mi together because they are now the official education partner of drummers resource and i'm super stoked to have them it's no mistake that drummers can't agree on much but they do agree on the new evans uv1 with its patent uv cured coating it lasts longer and holds stronger than traditionally coated heads uv1 single ply unique 10 millimeter film is more resistance to stretching and denning. So these two features combined make it the first choice for drummers who've grown tired of heads that flake and chip and wear out well before their time. To learn more about the Evans UV1, you can visit EvansDrumHeads.com. Now let's get back into it with the one and only Jeremy Bean Clemens. I want to talk about uh, about sounds and about colors and things like that. Uh, one, because I know that with timpani with uh you know orchestral playing there's there's a lot of focus on color there's a lot of focus on texture there's a lot of focus on on sonic properties and um i first i saw a bunch of your videos when you're you were playing dream symbols they're they're a sponsor on the podcast ed you know from dream hooked us up and the i want to talk about one like what what do you look for sonically in let's say your symbols what do you look for uh you know when you're when you're selecting them are you looking for different colors are you looking for the 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 wash are you looking for uh just the the overall tone what is it that that really sets your symbols apart from everybody else i mean i think the funny thing is Dream kind of changed the way I thought about, I think about symbols. But let me let me answer that in a previous manner. Well, you know, I, I kind of think about symbols like clothes. If I like these pair of jeans, I'm going to get it. Oh, I, I think this symbol sounds great. So you get them. So, 
But then you begin to pair it. It's like then all oh, these these jeans look good with these shoes. It's like well these symbols sound great together. Mm-hmm. But the thing about dream symbols is so interesting, and not all of them because they got different lines. But even that, <laughs> a lot of these symbols sound great together. You know, so you can just you can just have at it almost. It's like I like this symbol. Right. You can you can do that on a whole nother level. And they damn near all any you can grab any of them and they kinda all sound great together in some manner. Hmm. You know. And they but they all have different, you know, they have different textures and colors, you know. Sure. So what I'm looking for sonically is, you know, I like a symbol to to, to speak. And it depends on what I'm looking for. Am I looking for like a, a big crash or like some clarity, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, am I looking for a ride? Am I looking for some hi hats? You know, you know, I want them to do different things. <clears throat> you know, I'm looking for the, you know, the ride symbol to have some clarity and maybe some wash, depending on what I'm gonna use it for. You know, right. You know, and you seem to me. I think there's sort of three schools. There's people who just hit a symbol and they say, "Yeah, it sounds great," or guys in the middle who are a little bit more particular, and then guys who are really really dialed in like you look at somebody like a Vinnie Calyuta where you know he'll get the same exact symbols you know at two different gigs and one of them is one of them sounds different a little bit different and he's like no that's that's the wrong symbol and I sort of feel like you lean more towards that way I think that I'm and I'm just guessing at this but judging by the way that you talk about about sonic choices that you have a very keen uh uh, barometer for how how you judge the the sounds that are coming out of the symbols. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not I, you. You, I have to like it, right? Oh, it's like nah. I don't, it's like nah. I don't like this. Oh no, this to be the. You know, I might go through. You know, when I went to, uh, is it the symbol I got now? I had cracked one of my dreams. I was on the road, and I went through. What did I go through? We was playing some festival. I was out with Burning Spear. Oh, God. The Montreal Festival. And they hooked up some shop I could go to up there where I could swap the symbols. I probably went through 20 of them before I found one that I liked. It was the same symbol. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Same symbols. As a 20, 20, what is that? A 20-inch crash ride. Mm-hmm. I probably went through 20 of those before I found one that I liked. That's the interesting thing to me about about symbols, about anything, about drums, about, you know, it's sort of like wine. It's a it's it's a, a living, breathing thing. You know, I mean, wine and wood more so than than symbols. But it's you're dealing with earth. You're dealing with natural chemicals, you know, that are that are going to change the sound of these things. The wood, you know, on a kid is going to sound different than the wood on the next kid, even though it's the same line, it's the same wood and everything. So I like the uniqueness of that. I like the, that, you know, every single one sounds different. Me personally, oh, yeah. I don't think I could hit 20 of the same symbols and hear the difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, they all sound different. And you know, when you get to that one, it's like, Oh, that's it. Right. But the cool it thing is what a- might be right for you might be wrong for me. You know, and right. vice versa, which I think is it's such a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you hear that one that you, that you know, that that's when you, it's like, oh, that's it right there. Or, you know, if you, you tag it and keep going, it's like, I think this might be the one, but let me keep listening right. just in case I hear something else. <laughs> right. But you go back and like, no, I was right. That's the one. Right. 
think that's how I got to that symbol. You know, I it was probably like number eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And but I kept this, and then I was like, nope, no, nah, that's the one there. Right. Right. And then this might be the one I got now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that might be it. It's interesting though. So what? So you're in New York now, right? Yeah, I've okay. been in. Shit, I moved to New. I, I've been in New York since 2003. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so what? Uh, I, I mean, I know you. I know you play in the city a lot. But what else do you have going on? What's your What's your calendar looking like in for the next couple of months? Maybe some guys can come out check you out, or if you're. And I'm. I'm. You know. You know. I know you probably know. I co-lead a band called Soul Understated with Mavis Swan Poole, the singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. So we're actually finishing a record. We have a new record that's coming out on Shanaki Entertainment. You hip to that label? No. It's the same label as like Avery Sunshine and Angie Stone. Oh, nice. Nice, Will nice. Down. And so we have a record coming out in May. And that's really what we're doing. I know we have some stuff coming up and we got a, one, a couple of festival dates. I know we're doing the Art of Cool Festival in North Carolina and Durham. And I think that's the 29th of April. And I know we trying to finalize a Kennedy Center date, so nice. <laughs> just trying to line up some stuff around the release now. But really, Finn, I'm sitting here. Uh, I was freaking out before you called because I bumped something and my system is acting crazy. So, oh no. So, so, but that's what I'll be doing later, figuring out what what I did. But <laughs> just edit, finishing the record, bro. Just editing. Now, I mean, things are done. We finished, finally finished the last vocal overdub stuff couple days ago so now i have to just edit these last couple edit and mix them and then i gotta send them to get mastered <clears throat> then i gotta send them to uh send them to the cats at shanaki so they do what they do mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that's what i'm that's what i got going on you know when do you think that'll be released it's coming out in may i don't know the actual date yet right. but i know it's coming out sometime in may good <clears throat> Well, but once I, once I see it come up, or or if you want to keep me posted about it, I'll let the listeners know too. Definitely. Oh yeah, I will do. I mean, that's mainly what I'm doing these days, bro. Right. You know, I'm co-leading my own group. You know, and I do a lot of production and mixing for other people. And I play with Burning Spear. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reggae cat Burning Spear. And yeah. um, what I mean, you know, it's a few things. I play with an organ player, organ monk Greg Lewis. Of course, I do other things with Mavis Swanpool. That's like my partner in crime. Um, what else am I doing calendar-wise? I don't know, man. Finishing this record. That's what. That's, <laughs> that's, A1 is that. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's right. every day I'm, you know, doing this. You know, I have little gigs here and there, you know, around the city. But <clears throat> but that's as a whole. That's what I'm doing, you know, hoping this record gets, you know, a lot of buzz happening, you know. The last record came out about two years ago, so I got trying you. to get some, you know, working with marketing cats, trying to get this buzz happening. Right, right. You know, you know that's it's interesting. You ask me, you know, I guess calendar what I'm doing, and because you know, I kind of people always ask me, well, man, you you're supposed to be playing with this person and this person, and I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of, you know. That's why I say I'm not the drummer's drummer. Right. I, I love the drums, but I love music, man. And I'm I love to write music. That's a lot of what I do. I do a lot of production. I do a lot of writing. You know, I like working. You know, on, on my thing. I like working with other people on helping them get to that. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that's self awareness, you know, man. It's like doing what you 
not not doing the things that that other people think you should be doing or or that so that you know you got to have the high higher profile gig because that's what so and so does or you know it's like who cares well yeah man you know yes yeah, uh i don't you know i i love the drums but i love music so it's it's a sometimes it's a hard road it's like yeah you know Damn, I would love to play with like Stevie or something, but shit, if I never get that call or never, the thing is, I don't know that I'm out here seeking to get the call. Right. It it would be great if it it laid in my lap because that's a honor in itself. And you know, kudos to my the two cats I know, both of them, uh, Stanley Randolph and you know Lil John is my man. I love and respect Lil John on a whole nother level. Me too, man. Me too. He's, so, I'm I'm a Philly guy too, so I grew up like you know. But you know, I'm you. Just, you just keep grinding. You know, I believe in the power of what what it is that I'm doing. You know, that's the most important part. You know, I I do believe in that. You know, I guess when the creator puts something on you, you know, you got to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. I I don't think anything that I've done or the past that that I that I am where I am because it's gonna change in the next five years. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anything is a mistake. The creator kind of guides you, you know, to where you, you know, if 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 you just be, you know, and I'm not talking on any type of religious level. You just sure. be, just just be true to yourself. That's the creator. Mm-hmm. Be true to who. Be as true to you can be that you can be. And you know, and none of us are perfect, so we all got shortcomings. But you know, just be as true as you can be. You know, and that way you can be true to the music. But we all shit. We all fuck up. You know. Yes, we do. <clears throat> we all do things we ain't got no business doing, or <laughs> harmful to us, or that uh, <clears throat> we could have made a better decision. But you still, you know, even in that, you're still being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that was yourself. You know, really messing up. You know, you got to be true to yourself, and then you know, you know the road. The, you know, you'll guide where you need to go. You know, that's what I believe. You know, everything that you deserve is going to be laid out in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, when when it's time, when you're ready, because, you, you know, everybody ain't ready for everything at the same time. Right. Right. What do they say? The, the, the teacher comes when the student is ready. Same sort of deal. Yep. The teacher comes when the student is ready. Yep. Speaking you know? of teaching, do you teach? Do you teach uh, I don't. I, every now and then somebody yeah. might want to take a lesson with me but the only teaching i really do is i do those workshops with uh jazz and jazz Lincoln Lincoln center jazz for young people mm-hmm. but other than that i don't do any like school teaching i used to teach before i moved to new york but i used to teach, be an assistant band director oh okay before i moved to new york but um no i don't do any like whole Formal art. teaching or yeah not anymore I always say they're putting me out to school <laughs> just because I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I really don't believe in the way schools are run. I think, I think you can learn a lot more, a lot quicker and a lot younger. Mm-hmm. And it's like they prolong things so long that by the time you get, you know, the average 17, 18, you graduate in high school, you really don't know nothing when you could have learned a lot more. Yeah. You spend so much time on nothing. Yep. You know, you're young, you're telling me the box plus two equals five. I get a little older, you're going to tell me why or X plus two equals five. Well, you know, that's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, am, 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 are we not talking, is that not the same thing? <laughs> I mean, you that's algebra just yeah. on a basic level. So yeah. let's, let's just deal with it. Right. 
Right. You know, but we spend so much time on nothing that we we but you send you send folks to college that don't know nothing and then they don't get get to school and some of them don't learn nothing. Right. Or don't understand college ain't got nothing to do with academics. Mm-hmm. To me, college is about and I'm not saying be a horrible student, don't graduate. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is college, especially when you go away to college, it allows you to grow up and it allows you to deal with yourself and you got to deal with yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, especially if you ain't got nowhere you can run to. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to deal in the moment. Yep. And, and, it, and it, forces, it forces you to grow up and it forces you to become a woman or become a man or become a, a, a human, whatever you want to say. I just wish there was a better way of doing it without spending a hundred thousand dollars. You know. Yeah. Well, this is true. Well, that's in this doggone country. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. when that we we are not going. <laughs> those are conversations that I will not have right. in public domain. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> so, on that note, uh, <laughs> so if people want to, uh, if people want to sort of follow you and and connect with you and all that stuff, are you on social media? What's the best way to sort of keep yeah, up I'm with on social media, man? I don't actually have a website anymore. I guess that ain't social media. I'm on Facebook. Okay. This is Jeremy Bean Clemens, and I don't have no Twitter and all that. You all the Twitter stuff. What you can do is go to the band website, soulunderstated.com. You can go to what is Twitter at SU official and what is inst- Instagram is just soul understood with a hashtag soul understated. I have you said, you know, those kind of things. I'm on Instagram, you know, you know, I'm excited for what's happening. You know, I'm really excited for this new record to come out. It's an honor to be on Shauna Key Entertainment. That's like a huge honor, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to put out some, you know, music with, you know, a little weight behind it, you know, and to be amongst nice company. Right. You know, so that's, you know, really excited about that. So that's coming in May. The exact date, I'll keep you posted, but I know it's coming this May, you know. So they finished, you know, we're finishing up album artwork now. I know they, (coughs) we're dealing with that now, so. And I'll link up to every all the links and everything that you just gave me. I'll make sure that they're in the show notes so that people can find them. I just sent you. I actually just sent you a friend request on Facebook too. So I'll okay. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on when the stuff is coming out. So because I know you'll be busy when it when it uh, when it actually drops. But uh, in the meantime, man, I I wish you the best of luck finishing up the record, and I want to thank you for not only taking the time to chat with me today and be part of the podcast, but also for putting out great music for for inspiring musicians for inspiring drummers around the world to to keep pushing in this uh in this crazy music world and uh i i really do appreciate what you're doing and appreciate you taking the time to chat man no i appreciate you having me man you know it's a it's it's an honor you know i don't you know (laughs) it's so funny man because like i like i just keep i'm not the drummer's drummer you know i love the drums and i love but you know it's like i don't for some reason, I don't feel like I have to boast on it, you know. Right. And Cat said, well, you this and you that, and you inspired me to do this. I, I remember hearing a cat came up to me one time. Who told me this? Oh, man. was It It was either Louis Cato. You know Louis Cato? Name sounds familiar. I don't know him personally. You know, he plays bass, drums. I know he was out. He used to play drums with Marcus Miller, but it was either Louis Cato or James Casey. It might have been Louis Cato. They was like, man, you know, I was thinking about moving to New York. I heard this bootleg tape of you playing one night, and that was the final decision. (laughs) 
I was like, man, you never, you don't, you never know kind of what people, <laughs> right? You know what they, what you, what who you inspire. But you know, it's like you just got to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and just you know, as Clark Terry used to say, just keep on keeping on. You know, that's right. You know, and some, you know, you gonna you gonna you gonna get some of that. If you don't get some, if you don't get a star, getting some star does might not be too bad. Right. Not not that I'm 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 settling and stopping at the stardust. No, I got you. But if I, if my hand just don't if I'm reaching and my hand don't touch the tip of that star, it's gonna be full of what? Stardust. Okay. I like it. <laughs> That's a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I appreciate Perfect. it, bro. I appreciate it as well, man. And I will once this comes out, I'll send you all the links and and all that stuff, and I'll send it to the guys at Dream, and I'll you know I'll I'll get it all circulating around on the interwebs and uh and and get some more people hip to what you got going on too. So, well, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely, I appreciate you as well. All right, I'm pubbing one last time. Soulunderstated.com. New record coming May on Shanaki Entertainment. I like it. And like I said, it'll be all... Sorry, Soul Understated featuring Mavis Swampoo. I can never forget my partner because she keeps me balanced and like with music and crazy life situations. So, you know, Soul Understated featuring Mavis Swampoo. That is my partner in crime. We have a new record. We nickname her the new queen of soul because she's like one of the baddest. So Nice. Shameless right. plugging, but it deserves it. No, man. And like I said, I'm going to link to all this stuff, too. So when, when people are listening to this, they'll be able to go to the website. They'll be able to go to Drummer's Resource. They can get all the show notes there, and they can click on all the links to to get to you, to get to the record, to uh, you know to learn more about what you got going on. So, Well, that's what's up, bro. I thank you for reaching out, man. I thank you for doing it. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bless all you, bro. Right. Thanks, man. All right. So there you have it, Jeremy Bean Clemens. And for links to everything that we talk about, you can visit the show notes at drummersresource.com forward slash session 246. Also, you can leave your comments on there as well. There's a whole comment section. Um, I'd love for more people to comment on the podcast show notes page. And as always, you can find Drummers Resource on social media, but you can also find me on social media. And all of my handles are now the same. I finally got them all the same they're all at the nick ruffini t-h-e-n-i-c-k-r-u-f-f-i-n-i i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on snapchat all that stuff so hit me up on social would love to connect with you there and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace